Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Today, once again, with your hosts Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. And it's been quite a doozy over the past few weeks, let alone the last few years. So the topic of this episode is healing from psychological warfare, because that is really what we've been in. World War Three is literally psychological warfare, psyops, information warfare, and all of that that infects us on psychological, spiritual, and emotional levels. Um, on a positive note, it seems to be like that the COVID narrative, the Uh, mandates and whatnot have eased up all over the world. I would say that's also the result of the pressure of the public of uh, not going along with the narrative, protesting, speaking out. Um, so that's definitely uh, on a positive note. I feel in a way we have quote unquote won a battle. The war is not over. Obviously, there are mandates still to varying degrees all over the world, um, especially with the vax and all of that. And now we have the war, right? We are being distracted by the war in Ukraine, which we have talked about in the last episode. But some of the topics we would like to get into into this episode is, you know, in light of healing from psychological warfare. Because here's the thing. We have talked about this before, about this trauma installment program, right? It started out two years ago with two weeks of flattening the curve to flatten the curve. And now here we are two years later. Um, so that has definitely taken on toll on all of us. And most of us, we suppress it with everything that's been going on. Many of us, we are emotionally overwhelmed, psychologically, spiritually, with everything that's happening on the world on multidimensional levels, you know, relationship interruptions, friendships, family, um, moving, losing jobs and all of that. So we all are traumatized to varying degrees. And trauma is like a deeper wound that happened because of this constant gaslighting, changing the story, and really being manipulated on psychological levels that has deep impact, especially for children and adults uh, to varying degrees. So one of the topics we'd like to talk about is about trauma for generations to come, how to cope with that, because we need to really embark on a deeper healing journey. And on a positive note, I would say this is a, also an opportunity to really come in alignment with who we truly are, to focus on what truly matters. As I've said many times before, with all this attempted enslavement and medical tyranny, globalist agenda that's happening right now and is becoming more obvious, um, there is also an awakening happening. And we've seen this a lot in our courses with people we have talked to that have contacted us in our everyday lives that it did trigger an awakening. There isn't a quote-unquote awakening happening. People start to ask deeper questions, not only about the world, but about their own lives. It forces us to focus on what truly matters. And yes, we can always point out what's wrong and we need to be aware of the agenda, but it's also an opportunity to create a new world, to align with the time of transition and really come in line with something deep with us, with the true essence, our divine um, essence, so to speak, our divine deeper purpose aligning with divine will. So that's an opportunity, but we need to step up to the plate and do the work as well. <clears throat> so there's a lot of lessons we can we will be looking into. We're looking up also some of the Pfizer documents that have come out with all the horrendous uh, side effects of the vaccine, but somehow it's being pushed aside. Why? Because also people are distracted by the war in Ukraine, which we've again talked about last episode. Um, we'll also be looking into... Uh, economic issues, how the inflation right now is hitting the US and probably worldwide as well, and how to cope with that, more also on in, in light of our internal alignment. Um, 
We also then look deeper into really psychological health, spiritual health, and emotional health, and really how to cope with the times we're in right now, because we are in a war. Again, this is a spiritual warfare on multidimensional levels. And obviously, or not obviously, but we'll also be looking into some astrological transits, because we are actually starting a new season, the astrological new year that starts with Aries. Um, uh, when when does when does Aries start? Uh, March? March 20th. March 20th, which is today at the recording of the podcast, and it will be released either today or tomorrow. And also, I came across a very interesting research paper about the corona vaccine from a spiritual perspective, consequences on soul and spirit and life after death, which is kind of like a continuation of an article I wrote uh, last year about the metaphysical effects of the COVID vaccine. So a lot to dive into. And uh, where shall we start with? Yeah, so where should we start with? I think basically the theme of this podcast is healing from psychological warfare. So I personally obviously don't trust anything the government is going to do from this point forward ever again. But we are getting a bit some places, many places, the mandates are lifting, the masks are lifting. We're getting a little bit of a time, a moment to breathe, basically. You know, I think no also, pun intended. Yeah, these planets uh, in Pisces are also Prithenius' spiritual healing. So it's a time to like kind of just come back to ourselves, you know, check out how how's the condition of my body, my heart, my soul. What emotions am I carrying that I kind of had to maybe shut down to survive over the past couple years? Like, it's really time to come back to ourselves, come back to our bodies, kind of just reorient ourselves into the here and now and just process the past couple years, at least if you're in a place where the mandates are, are lifting and loosening up a little bit. Because this whole experience over the past couple years was basically a massive collective big T trauma, meaning a major trauma. It's going to affect, it's affected children developmentally, you know. Um, so we have to look at like how we're impacted by that. So trauma usually just affects our ability to regulate our emotions, regulate our nervous systems, and it also affects our ability to have connected attachment relationships. So what we can tell actually in, in our bodies, if we're traumatized, the main key sign is learning the language of your nervous system, learning if you're stuck on on, meaning are you still in a state of fear, anxiety, and how this can actually manifest is jumping on to the next thing to be afraid of, the next thing to freak out about. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be, you know, kind of on guard for something around the corner. Yeah, like, I mean, there could be something coming up, who knows, but just watch out for this hypervigilance that can happen to us, you know? So in the wake of like trauma, we can end up extremely hypervigilant. And you see that actually mostly with people who have gotten the jab and are super pro mask and are like, I'm going to keep wearing the mask and keep getting the jabs no matter what the government tells me. And like, we're going to see a lot of people who are going to just be stuck in this fear state of coronavirus, yeah. regardless of whatever comes out. So we're going to have to deal with that. I think that on the other side of things, we have everyone who's been basically 
you know, treated like a hostile enemy for the past couple of years because they wouldn't get the vax, because they wouldn't get the jab. And so how has that impacted you? How has that impacted your relationship with the world and your ability to go out in the world? You know, you might feel when, especially if you've been in a place with hardcore mask mandates and and, and a lot of uh, hostility, if you didn't wear the mask or get the jab, you might feel yourself a little bit kind of uncomfortable going back in the world and learning how to connect with other people. So it is essential, you know, so what can happen in the wake of trauma is our nervous system can get regulated, dysregulated very easily, stuck on on, stuck on high anxiety states or stuck on off, stuck in a depression. And another way that it can really affect us, it can wire us so that we're constantly trying to protect ourselves. We're distrustful of the outer world. We don't want to interact or deal with people anymore. And so it's important we get ourselves back into our body and back in a place of safety within our own body so that we can actually repair our relationship with the outer world a little bit, you know, as much as we can. You know, there's there's some people who have stuck so hard to the narrative and they're basically willing to exile members of their family and the unvaccinated for however long, you know. And so you have to also look at that objectively and see that that's a trauma response within them, you know, and there's only so much you can do. But I think it's really important that we understand that our bodies will carry the impact of the past couple years. And there might be a little like, as we get time to breathe, we might need to process any of the emotions that we had to suppress to survive. So this is really a time of healing, of taking a reset of your body, especially when the the the, uh, the sun moves into Aries, which is a new um, astrological year, you know, and really just come together again, actually, and get like, you know, there's... I think with the inflation thing, you know, we can get really stuck into survival mode and fear about what's going to happen. Yeah. And I and I'm not downplaying the fact that that might impact people and will most likely impact all of us in some way, you know. But at the same time, you know, that survival mode can be actually a trauma response that can also limit our ability to create something new, limit our ability to really heal, you know, so it has a purpose, but it also can also be a trauma response in response to the kind of energies and stress we've carried over the past couple of years. Yeah, so like you just mentioned, this is really important to understand, even though may things may have quote-unquote eased up in light of the lockdowns or the mandates and the masks and the narrative always says, it's, hey, trust the science, the science is settled, but apparently it's not settled. Obviously, we're being lied to by the sci- church of scientism. You know, as I always say, if there would have been, if we would apply true critical thinking with true common sense and true science, the COVID narrative would fall apart in five minutes. Um, but we're dealing like, as we mentioned, uh, what what has happened over the past couple of years is going to affect us personally and uh, others for generations to come. And this is not an over-exaggeration. Uh, if you really understand you know, how the matrix works, how they manipulate people in, in creating trauma for entry points for from the cold perspective for other forces to come over and take them over, or people who are traumatized are you know, stuck in fear, are way easier to be controlled. And we see this even nowadays, as Laura just mentioned, you know, even though it's been now proven the masks don't do anything, it's been lifted, people still wear them in this fear state. So, you know, you may get irritated by people who still wear masks and all of that and get angry at them and all of that. 
but it doesn't do any good because, as Laura has mentioned, they are extremely, um, not only conditioned and programmed, but in, in a fear trauma state, which they cannot just get out of, right? So that it affects people with 8 billion people in the world differently depending on, on various issues and whatnot. But it's really important that, you know, we take care of ourselves on all levels, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, to really heal our trauma. Many of us, we also affected unconsciously by the energies, by the environmental consciousness. A lot of us maybe have suppressed emotions, you know, just to get go by, so to speak. So we really need to come to a more grounded understanding uh, or embodiment, basically. And also important to note, um, really to understand the matrix frequency is fear, it's based on fear. So as long as we're stuck in fear, that's where we, the matrix has us. That's how we're easily manipulated. That's where we're not connected to the divine, to our true essence. Uh, and it's not about suppressing fear. It's more like really understanding where it's coming from and kind of working through it, almost facing the fear. And once you face it, you, you realize you let it flow through you, that there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, but what we're bombarded now with is be it the fear of the virus back in the days or now fear of war, maybe World War III with Ukraine, um, and many other fears or economic fears, inflation, food shortage, uh, supply chain shortages, all of that. And you have to understand that's how the matrix works through us and manifest reality through us. If we just feed the fear and kind of like get into this uh, reptilian survival, reptilian brain survival um, mind state of just, um, you know, trying to survive basically. And again, it's not about just um, imagining figures of light and just uh, not doing anything. Yeah, we all need to prepare on various levels, but it's really important not to feed this fear because that's really the foundation of the matrix. And, um, you know, we can only work through this fear if we face ourselves or, you know, become more grounded on an emotional, psychological and spiritual level. Yeah, and how do we do that, you know, because it's it's really important to understand with nervous system regulation that having a high state of fear is an example of being stuck on on. So you don't want to just be like, you know, like it, it basically a, a, a well-regulated nervous system will be able to handle higher levels of stress without getting stuck there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point is that fear is an actual emotion we all feel it but do you get stuck in that state and also do you get stuck in that state in inappropriate experiences as well so fear has a uh healthy has a healthy function within ourselves it shows us that we're in the presence of danger but we live in this like super high anxiety culture. It's also, you know, we have to look at like what we uh, orient towards, whether it's news, meaning like what we put our awareness on and what that creates in our body. So if you tend to get stuck in fear, you know, it's really important you use down regulating, meaning parasympathetic, calming things for your nervous system. So like yin yoga or just any form of yoga, meditation, stuff like that, you know? And then if you get tend to get stuck in depression, you know, meaning just feeling checked out, low energy, just not able to focus, you actually need to use upregulating things. So, you know, going for a walk or just getting outside or something just that kind of gives you life force. So, you know, getting stuck in fear actually is probably the most common trauma response that you can find. And it's really important, too, to, like, assess, 
if you can get your logical, rational brain online, which is what a lot of mindfulness techniques do and a lot of, um, you know, other therapeutic techniques and just observe your fear from that witness state, you're getting out of that amygdala fight or flight response. So you want to just kind of use your brain to like notice, like I'm like, it's really important, you know, when we're dealing with traumatic situations to track the state of your nervous system throughout the day so that you ever, you don't ever get, you know, so anxious and so, um, you know, activated that you get stuck there, you know? So when we're scrolling through Twitter and, or Facebook or whatever, and we're just getting exposed to more and more bad news and more and more conflict or whatever, we can actually end up in a free state if we're not paying attention to our nervous system and whether or not that feels good for our body, you know? So, and also finding safety in the body is a lot of us are actually getting so hooked on the news and stuff is because we want to check out of our body. But then what happens is, is by scrolling through the news and just getting exposed to more conflict, more bad news, more just division and polarization, it actually increases the activation of our nervous system and actually makes things worse. So really developing a relationship with your body and coming back to our body is really key, you know, and just doing little exercises is like, what kind of somatic gesture makes you feel grounded and safe? For me, I literally just put my hand on my heart and my hand on my belly before I do every meditation and I do a check-in with my body. Like, how is my heart feeling today? What kind of um, energy, what kind of emotion am I feeling there? How do I experience that emotion in my body? Like somatic work is not something that you just do in like a course like ours or whatever, and then you forget it. It's about developing a relationship with your consciousness and your body and tracking your internal experience so that you are conscious of your internal experience. Is this kind of, can we also like interpret this in light of, because of what you just shared also reminds me of the two um, ways to approach it, the bottom up and the top down approach. Yeah, yeah. So right. bottom up is like, um, that's a lot of somatic work, you know, you're processing the experiences in your body to completion, you know, that's, that's the whole thing is like learning and even just, um, you know, just somatic meditation, body scanning stuff, that's a bottom up approach, but then top down is actually using your mindset, using your thinking brain to actually also affect the body. So if you're someone who tends to be very mental, you know, like you have to understand that the thoughts, the thoughts actually will create more emotions that will be stored in your body. Right. And then also based on what is stored in your body, that will also create your mindset as well. So you want to, I, I mean, we work with both approaches in our course because I find they're both useful. So if you're someone who actually tends to get into a lot of negative thought spirals, the first thing I would do, like I know for myself, when I get into really negative patterns of thinking, that I need to do yoga and meditation and I need to clear out some of the garbage in my body basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what works for me. But if that's not working, if I do yoga and meditation and I can feel my body's like loose and open and I feel, you know, I don't feel like a lot of like stagnant energy in my body, but my mind is still going in pattern of negative thinking. In that case, what I do is I actually 
replace thoughts. Like if I'm going off on a tangent of a thought that's not useful, you know, like overanalyzing something that I could just let go, you know, I actually incorporate like, you know, mindset techniques. So like, what can I focus on that brings me life? What can, like, this is the orientation, right? Like what you orient to in your environment, whether it's your screen, whether it's a thought, whether it's a person, all of that creates your internal experience. And most people are just caught in a constant kind of trauma loop where they don't feel good. They orient to things that don't make them feel good. It makes them feel worse. They check out more, you know? So it's like this endless cycle. So we want to like, that's really bringing to consciousness your, uh, your mindset, you know, is like, what am I focusing on? How does that make me feel? You know? And most people are operating that program completely unconsciously. So basically what I'm suggesting is check in with your body, check in with your heart, you know, that your body, like the developmental issues in children will be resolved if we are connected to ourselves enough to attune to the children again. And not only just talking about your children, I'm just saying a lot of children have been deeply traumatized. They haven't seen faces, facial gestures. This is really important for their own emotional development to see this, you know, but we're of no use if we're also checked out ourselves. So we have to come back to ourselves. We have to come back to a place of safety connection in our body again. Um, And that's actually how we develop resilience. So this was like a major stress test for the past couple of years. The fact that we survived this actually expanded our our tolerance of our nervous system to handle extremely stressful situations but we have to come back to ourselves we have to come back to a sense of safety in our bodies again and really connect to ourselves again and maybe that maybe you never felt connected to yourself so now's the time basically yeah no thank you for sharing like also like to share how ideal or work with that um you know be the somatic bottom-up approach or more the mind approach top-down um for me it's key like in in my setup I, i tend to start take on a lot of stuff unconsciously in stores in my body unconsciousness i think it's also related to my moon in the 12th house placement so i'm really connected to the collective get a lot of information downloads but i also can take on a lot of stuff that get just stuck in my body so for me just stretching it out because I know the body is the mind. Whatever where I hold tension, that's kind of like I'm stuck. The motion stuff, like it's just being held on. And the more, the tighter I get, the more just stuck in my head. The more I, I tend to worry, like or thoughts come in and all of that. And I can recognize that. So for me, it's definitely getting into the body. What helps me a lot is getting a just basic massage, body work on a regular basis, just to kind of flow through and just that automatically relaxes my mind i'm more at peace i'm more grounded i'm more present i don't get caught caught in worry or fear uh but what works for me because i can be very mentally strong as well the top-down approach works for me as well so that's why i'm always saying like you know we live in the mental world yes we we being stuck we are stuck in the head with all the computerization technology we're always in our heads information information so we definitely need to make conscious efforts to get out of our heads into our bodies, but we also need to learn how to use our minds correctly, understanding, for example, critical thinking and all of that. And you can use your mind, as Laura just said, also to with the top-down approach to recognize when you're in, in fear and worry and then make conscious efforts to reject it. So that helped me a lot. Sometimes I get into worry and, and thoughts and like any, anything's going on in my life and I project some worry, fear into the future, then I use my mind, hold on, I'm getting in, into this negative state of mind of just some imaginary fear and I extend my mind tends to exaggerate 
and then it creates a corresponding negative emotion and my anxiety gets elevated. I'm a little bit in a trauma response and all of that. So I'm, I'm fully aware of it in my body, in my mind. And then I consciously, hold on, I'm in fear. I'm going to reject this. I'm going to consciously, as Laura said, focus on something else more present and detach from it, being aware. You know, that's really the, the, the foundation of self-work anyway, this objective of we're observer, because we usually or most people get right away identified with the thought, identified with their emotions and then act out or react out of them mechanically. So having this observer within, then you can use the top-down approach to kind of regulate yourself as well as, as, has, as it has worked for me as well. So... Yeah, I think the the best technique is a combination of both. Right. So if you can like, so if you feel a anxiety because of the thought that you're thinking of, that's kind of just making it worse, essentially. And you really have to develop this conscious relationship with awareness in your body as well, which a lot of people don't have these days, which means placing yeah. your awareness in your body as yes. much as possible. That's the foundation. Um, But what you can do, you know, like if you want to work with both approaches is when you notice yourself getting into like a negative thought spiral and it's creating anxiety in you doing deep belly breathing, you know, meaning having your breath, oh, yeah, breath. expand yes. your lower belly when you inhale and contract and then choosing a thought to orient towards that makes you feel um, safe calm, relaxed. So even something like, you know, positive coming up in the future, or even sometimes if you um, work with an, an image, sometimes that helps. Like you can bring in an image of someone who you felt really loved you, that was very attuned to you, because that creates feelings of safety and connection, you know. So essentially what you're trying to do is orient towards yourself to, to thoughts that create safety and connection, essentially. Yeah. So like anything, anything just good that you can think of, you know, and that's kind of how you can work with both approaches, because a lot of us, our mind actually rules us. We don't rule our mind, which is one of the key aspects of developing a meditation practice is, is that so you can gain some agency to master your mind yeah over which thoughts that you tend to grasp onto like the yeah. moment like it's so it's actually almost like a form of like self-abuse when we create when we pick the most negative thought we grasp onto it meaning that we create many stories around that thought And then we just, we literally invent worlds and fantasies out of just grasping onto the most negative thought. And the fact that we orient towards that actually can also be linked to things in early childhood and survival strategies that we learn. So I've learned actually working with people with trauma, for example, is that people who have a lot of trauma tend to be almost hyper vigilant to changes in tone to changes like to any any experience that potentially makes them feel rejected they're hyper vigilant but they're hyper vigilant and i include myself in that sometimes to the point where they misperceive a lot of situations. So we want to learn rather than orienting towards things that show us that we're in danger so Even orienting towards people wearing masks or whatever, or people, you know, uh, when we're kind of out and about in the world, when the mandates drop can actually be a trauma response. So when you're out in the world, again, if you're in a place where the mandates are dropping, a key practice you can use is orient towards things in the environment that make your body feel good, basically. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of a couple of things I want to mention as well. But before that, I want to also really 
um, add to this, this top-down approach, like I mentioned, you know, the rejection of thoughts, the detachment and reorienting you somewhere else. What I also bring in is then the spiritual aspect, because again, it needs to happen on all levels holistically, which we call the fourfold approach of holistic you know, self-work basically or self-awareness, physically, emotionally, psychologically, somatically, and spiritually. So from the top-down approach, and I also like when I notice myself getting into anxiety, worry, fear, what, you know, kind of like uh, overriding my, my nervous system, besides also approaching it somatically, what helps me then is also get into prayer. So mm. that has been also my, you know, and getting to prayer can be anywhere, like be it in traffic, out there, out and about, any time when I make a conscious aspiration to the divine, of calling down the divine force, like based on, you know, as, as listeners maybe know, I'm very deep into Sri Aurobindo's work of integral yoga, of connecting to the divine force, bringing the divine force down, putting all my faith in this sincere surrender to the divine. And what happens if I do this really sincerely, in that sense, then a certain peace comes ab above me. And like I almost uh, sense the response of the divine. There's a peace I can trust. Okay. I have to, need to have this deeper trust and faith and get out of this fear frequency because the fear frequency also attracts all kinds of uh, hostile forces that kind of feed off of that and kind of it comes a self defeating loop, so to speak. You know, uh, uh, that's like I said, the matrix is based on. But, you know, we have this sincere aspiration to the divine, to God, and that in any shape or form that works for you. I'm not talking about specifically some religious dogmatic approach of some God out in the sky, because ultimately the divine is within. I also then tend to focus on my heart. You know, the psychic being, the soul is located, as most esoteric traditions have also taught, right behind the heart. But this conscious prayer of, of connecting with the higher force, if the divine really helps me, I've noticed, to calm my nervous system, to come more grounded, and I'm being more guided on a deeper level so to speak so it's really all these approaches need to happen simultaneously in a way or uh, um, at different times for different purposes the you know internal bottom-up approach the top-down approach emotionally psychologically and somatically but what i wanted to add what you just mentioned it's really important as well there's a difference between mechanical suffering and conscious suffering and many of us, as Adyashanti talked about, Gurdjieff, many and uh, other masters uh, tell us that many of us, we are addicted to suffering. There's unnecessary suffering, so to speak, hmm. especially when we get into these fear of thoughts and make up scenarios. So we suffer unnecessarily in a sense because we make up, we're getting caught up in our own illusions and our own samsara, mm -hmm. right? And part of us may be even unconsciously, quote unquote, addicted to suffering. Yeah, so to always wallow in negativity, to stay in victim, in self-pity. Exactly. Right? So I'll give you, so basically, you know, one of the four noble truths of Buddha was that life includes suffering. But what he was referring to is sickness, old age, death, basically, like the basic suffering. And then there's something, I think they call it suffering on top of suffering or something like that, where you, and that's actually a lot of the suffering that most people experience, meaning the stories that you tell yourself about your life and the world that are actually not true. Like that's probably one of the most common ways that people add suffering on top of suffering is that they take their interpretation of reality to be real and they do not expand their capacity. And actually a sign of, um, you know, a, a expanded window of tolerance and, and not being in a traumatized state is being able to expand your perspective to include many different views. 
but when you're in trauma, you think that if one thing happens that makes you feel negatively, there's only one possible reason why it could be that way. And it's really bad, you know, so it really fixes your view on one possible perception. And that's a good example of suffering on top of suffering, because you're creating stories about the world on top of the basic suffering that is being a human and having to create a life for yourself that are literally fantasies. And that's this like deeper levels of samsara that we enter. That's I think a very important point to understanding. And I see this in myself as well. The majority of court suffering we experience is self-inflicted, unnecessary psychological suffering of not being in the present moment of, you know, even the ego, little ego complaining of not getting what it wants, you know, yeah, uh, you know, from like more entitlement perspective. But ultimately, um, these are all kind of illusions, so to speak, something projected into the future or not seeing the reality for truly what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. So it's really the, important to actually constantly question your perceptions of the world yeah, and where they come right. from. Because that's probably, I mean, that's to me the essence of sansara is like people projecting their internal reality onto the world and making up elaborate stories about it, which are not real. Exactly. And then there's, and then, but there's a paradox, as Gurdjieff said, yes, uh, we're all addicted to suffering and we need to get rid of attachment to suffering to varying degrees, the psychological suffering um, where the ego is involved. Um, but there is also the necessity to suffer. And he talked, uh, called this conscious suffering. And what is conscious suffering? Conscious suffering, when you really engage in the great work of really like connecting to your essence, then is, is, is about not giving in to any a little desire you comes up can this mechanical, especially from your lower nature, right? Or when you're triggered and want to really project onto somebody, you know, you need to withheld this within and that kind of creates a certain sense of suffering not to give into the mechanical reaction to go off on somebody and project your shadow on the other person. So that's conscious suffering, yeah. right? Having more, keeping these mechanical reactions in check so you ignite the chemical fire within and that can help the transmutation. It's also in Jungian psychology, um, what's the name called it, about holding the tension of opposites, between yeah. opposites, right? What's her name again? Marianne Woodman. Marianne Woodman, exactly. So that's where my quote-unquote conscious suffering comes in, where you just don't give in to your mechanical reactions. Yeah, so I'm going to touch on the astrology, if that's okay, yeah. and 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 just kind of talk about the kind of themes we're going to be dealing with for the next couple weeks and, and beyond. So again, we're still looking at this Taurus North Node, South Node in Scorpio, so... Essentially, you know, we're, the the South Node in Scorpio is about kind of recovering from the trauma of the past, developing a sense of stability again, coming back to our senses, coming back to our values, you know, um, and really looking at this rebirth that we've all gone through in many different ways, you know. Um, and so some shadow sides of this is being very distrustful, being very uh, closed off from people, being uh, attracted to like constantly looking for more darkness in the world to expose, you know, like almost like constantly looking for the other bad thing to happen, constantly looking for the the betrayal to happen like, again. Like being blackpilled in a yeah, truth of community. Yeah, everything it's totally is, everything is a trap. Yeah. Everybody's exactly, controlled up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so 
You know, the Taurus side of this axis is about really coming back to our senses again, slowing your life down, simple things, simple pleasures, learning that life can be good again, developing a sense of stability through some sort of daily grounding habit is good, you know, so just calming the F down, slowing down, finding some sort of connection to the divine in everyday life, basically, um, and just, you know, learning how to find safety again, whether that's within our own bodies, whether that's just a good kind of like warm drink or spending some time in nature, you know, also kind of closing our open centers down, meaning like not getting so wrapped up in what other people are doing and kind of this kind of overly suspicious Scorpio mode and just developing a sense of being grounded in our own body again and developing a sense of boundaries, basically. So, you know, it really is like kind of the Scorpio archetype is really almost like this shadow side can be like overly concerned with what's going on, what's going to happen next, what's going wrong. And the Taurus archetype is about kind of reeling all that energy in, being like, what is happening here and now in my body? How can I develop a sense of internal value? How can I develop a sense of internal worth? You know, how can I develop a sense of internal stability, regardless of whether what's going on in the world, basically? So, you know, we want to just kind of come back to our senses and kind of teach ourselves that life can be good again. I do think we're going to get a breath of fresh air. We do have some nice transits going on as well. Because the sun is entering Aries uh, today, actually, when we record this podcast. So it'll be in Aries by the time we release this. So we're at the start of a new astro astrological year, but it's also the time where whatever we w seeds we planted in fall will start to show themselves, basically. So it is a good time to kind of start new projects. Like, think about, like, where do I want to go from here? What do I want to build in the next year? We have this really great opportunity. Like, people are losing faith in all of these mainstream institutions. And if you're an entrepreneur, like, now is the time to actually start that new project. Yeah, yeah that, that's very well said. But the thing I want to just inject in this, because it's really important with this looming you know, we all this, there's a lot of fear for it because you can, it's palpable, right? With the war in Ukraine, what's happening? Oh my God, the gas price, the economic meltdown, inflation, like I mentioned before, food for shortages, yeah, might be something to it. But don't get caught in this materialistic linear time of reality, view of reality, right? Uh, like Lord just said, use the energy right now, this spring, to also focus on what you want to create and plant seeds and counteract the, the negative narrative. Yes. You know, I'm not implying to take the new age pill and just think positive thoughts and all of a sudden everything will change. No, it takes internal work, deeper work, mostly on a subconscious level, right? Uh, so we need to also clear out everything that's in the way, our shadow traumas what we just talked about to come to a deep alignment with the divine, with divine will. Mm. But we have creative power, right? To really create uh, a a world that is not based on lies, that's not based on suffering, that, you know, that can transcend it all. And that's what this deeper time of transition is all about. Yeah. So really like use, like you just mentioned, especially for entrepreneurs, don't feed this um, black pill, so to speak. Hopelessness, yeah. Hopelessness of what's happening right now or get into this frenzy survival reptilian brain of just like hoarding, oh my God, I need to prepare for the end of the world. No, be a warrior like align with, with with your higher nature and realize your creative potential and be in, most importantly be inspired by it yes. i think that's the most important what's missing not only creative potential but be excited and inspired of the possibilities ahead 
but you cannot see that or get into it if you're distracted always by the news and by all the negativity out there. Yes, let's stay aware of it, be discerning and whatnot, but this is a high potential to create for creativity. Exactly. So, you know, as we're at the start of this new year, you know, it's time to like kind of be decisive, act, you know, um, start new projects, follow those inspirations. And the shadow side would be actually being impulsive or anger issues or even blocked access to the will. So if you're not kind of feeling this fiery energy, well, you might be going through some transits that actually kind of supersede that for starters, but that could be uh, a question uh, that could basically time if you're not feeling this kind of rush of energy of the spring it's because you're probably exhausted and you need to take time to retreat take care of your body good time to detox like just pressing the reset button and starting all over again so a lot of march we had this like pisces energy that was very kind of cloudy and mystical and maybe a lot of us were kind of feeling just confused or lack of clarity but april is going to be pretty fiery and we're going to have the sense of forward momentum and we can get things back on track so use that wisely get back taking care of your body get back working out or whatever you need to do that you kind of broke broke from from the past couple of years because you were too overwhelmed like now is the time because the first half of the month uh sun mercury venus chiron and for a few days the moon will all be in aries so you know it's time to kind of break free from this kind of intense past 12 months we had there may be also wounds to the self maybe wounds to expressing ourselves in the world that may need to be healed with chiron there as well wounds about who we are maybe we don't feel safe expressing ourselves because the world has been so hostile for the past couple of years so really taking care of yourself getting really clear what you want to do like new this is a new phase new cycle so now's the time to create so in the second half of the month, we have a lot of Uranus transits. There's going to be Mercury, Venus, Sun will conjunct in Uranus and Taurus. You know, so with any transit in Uranus, Uranus is not super comfortable in Taurus, generally speaking, but this does mean changes to the financial system. In my view, I think crypto actually is, is a huge part of the Uranus and Taurus transit. Um, so we need to actually be open to fle be flexible. You may receive insights, illuminations. It can also be a trauma signature. So Uranus um, can represent, in Taurus, can represent trauma done to the body. Trauma because of living in survival mode. Trauma because of living in a crisis. So this all relates to actually what we were talking about early on the po podcast. Coming back into the body coming back into a state of, you know, like expanding the window, your, your, your ability to handle stressful situations, your ability to move into a state of activation, meaning when your nervous system is like on alert to deactivation throughout the day is like the work of kind of healing, healing your body basically. So we want to, you know, look at our relationships. Are we wired? Are we still kind of trying to protect ourselves from the outer world? Are we still paranoid in this place of distrust or we, can we find people who we can connect with again? Can we find secure relationships which make us feel safe again? Self-compassion practices, you know, working on our self-esteem, working on our self-agency, and just developing, you know, our connection to the divine so we can have a sense of deeper faith and trust. Um, so I'll actually talk about the Pluto retrograde in Capricorn in the second hour and what that means. That's not going to be coming till later in the month, basically. But right now, you know, you can see that there's a real sense of newness, a real sense of fresh energy. But 
a lot of us may just feel exhausted because of the past couple of years and the stress it's created on our nervous system. So we want to take time to just come back to ourselves, come back to our body, look at what you want to build and create. There's a tremendous opportunity that's presenting ourselves, that's been presenting ourselves for a while. And like, if you lost your job or you lost relationships or things changed in your life, maybe you moved, you know, now is like a rebirth period. You're at the start of this new cycle, you know, and it's important to come back to yourself again, come back to your power, come back to your body, get yourself in a state of, um, you know, calm focus so that you can really uh, develop clarity on what direction you need to go next. Yeah. So, you know, that's, again, these are intense times, but exciting times. So there's a lot of opportunity. We've seen this many times again. And yes, it is war. There are battles and uh, we have our individual battles, collective battles. This is multidimensional warfare. So it's not easy at times for sure, but we all came here for that very reason. But we need to seize the moment. So that's what I'm saying. Be aware of the agenda. I always say, you guys heard me that before, know the enemy, know the agenda, but don't feed it. Don't feel, feed the fear and um, just understand how these forces operate and know thyself. Right. As we just mentioned, really, that's important. That's how we can carry ourselves through these times. This fourfold approach of inner self work, the bottom up approach, as we talked about, or the top down approach, and really taking care of yourself, you know, with all the traumas and anxieties, you know, we are holding within our bodies over based on the just the two years, past two years alone. But as the saying goes, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and we have, we are more powerful than we think we are. And with that being said, um, that's the end of the first hour. In the second hour, we'll dive deeper into some more astrology transit as Laura just shared. Also, uh, want to dive deeper into the whole uh, Pfizer document um, that just came out recently. Also, by the way, Laura and I, we are on Facebook jail. Me for, <laughs> me for questioning what's happening, for questioning the, the official narrative about the war in Ukraine. And Laura got in Facebook jail for sharing, what was it, official data yeah, about? Yeah, so I can just touch on that real quick. For starters, I'm in Facebook jail and I also got a warning on Instagram and Facebook that they they're I'm up for deletion, basically. They're going to disable my account if I post anything more. So... And that was from sharing the official Pfizer. Well, I tweeted, basically, my tweet was like, if you if you said trust the science over the past two years and you didn't see the science that said 1,223 people died from this jab, you don't trust the science, you trust the propaganda. Anyway, it got shared over 5,000 times on Instagram, hundreds of times on my Twitter even. And then it got fact-checked and then it got taken down. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I'm definitely fact check, which but is ironic because it's official yeah, yeah, data yeah, from yeah, Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. so right. that put me and and also in the next step is like putting they want they they're threatening to delete my account basically. So but you also I want to touch upon what you got deleted for or put in Facebook jail uh, on on Facebook for this, which we posted on Instagram. By the, uh, I'm sorry, on Telegram. By the way, follow us on Telegram because we again censored there. Very fascinating research that showed how. Very disturbing research uh, or data that showed how the death rates increased exponentially in the millennial generation. Six, yeah, there were 61,000 excess millennial deaths. Based on the vaccine. So if you want to check out that information, um, you're going to have to join um, Getter. Um, you know, I think that's, whose platform is that? Is that 
the Trump platform? I forget. But his name is Edward Dowd, D-O-W-D. So he's been fo- posting data um, that he that he actually gets put into um, Twitter jail for posting. So if you want to get that information, and we've he was also a, on... We have posted on Telegram, right? Yeah, it's also on pe- te- te- uh, Telegram. You can look it up there. He was also on both... Uh, I think he was on War Room, and he was also on Alex Jones talking about this data. He's been multiple places speaking yeah. about this data. But basically... There was a 61,000 excess millennial deaths in the later half of 2021 when they introduced the mandate. So, like, yeah, it's really effed up. And it's even more effed up that I'm getting my account up for deletion for sharing official data. So whatever, that's just another. I mean, these these are part of the uh, institutions that are dying, though. Like, I can't even speak my mind on any of these platforms anymore without. And, and I just get reported. I get harassed or whatever. So. Anyway, this is an opportunity to create new systems, new yeah. ways of uh, kind of connecting with one another, new communities, because these, I'm sorry, these these uh, companies are actually shooting themselves in the foot by doing this. No, exactly. That's why we have take, need to take power in our hands, decentralization. And speaking of that now, that's why we also have the second hour of the podcast, which is not hosted on any of the major big techs, even any none of the major uh, podcast um servers and whatnot uh, but on our own website which nobody can censor nobody can cancel or take away so uh, that's where we dive deeper into information that might will be most likely get quote-unquote censored on other platforms and speaking of that i also have done more research not only like what laura talked about into the, the physical consequences of the COVID jab but again more into the spiritual and metaphysical consequences of the COVID m and mrna Vax, which I've written an article about last year called The Metaphysical Con- Consequence of the COVID Jab in light of the cold matrix and the way out. You guys can check it out on my website, veilofreality.com. But in the second hour, we'll dive deep into it. I've gotten into more uh, fascinating research information about some other individuals on these topics based on Rudolf Steiner's work and others' works. So listen to that. If you're not already a member for access to the second hour, and also if you like to support us, please go to my website, veilofreality.com and sign up to the membership. It gives you access to all the second hours of all podcasts and the membership forum. And with that being said, see you all soon in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs>